ownership belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. This is the Lakers Nation live off-season show, solo show. That means it's just me and all of you, as always. Never really alone when I'm doing this show. I am Trevor Lane for LakersNation.com. Let's talk Lakers basketball. I don't even care that it's the off-season. Okay, look, I, I do care. It's not, it's not fun that the Lakers are not playing basketball right now. No question. I'm already missing Lakers basketball and dreading how long we're going to have to wait before it comes back. But there's still a lot to talk about, a lot to dig into regarding what this offseason is going to look like. What can Rob Palenka really do to reload this roster so next year doesn't end the way that this one did? What options do the Lakers have available? Plus, they've got a draft pick. Might they move that pick, the 22nd pick in the NBA draft? You know, it's funny. So many Lakers fans, or Lakers haters, I should say, Say, oh, you know, the Lakers, they don't have any draft picks. What are you talking about? They've got five of their next seven first-round picks. Five of their next seven. That's not bad. Now, yeah, there's some pick swaps and things like that that make it so you can't trade those things until you actually use them. But they've got draft capital coming up, potentially, to pick up a player like they've done in the past. Look, their pick is going to be 22. Past 22, they've found guys. Jordan Clarkson, Avica Zubats, Larry Nance Jr., Taylor Horton Tucker, Kyle Kuzma, on and on and on. The Lakers find talent late in the draft. Maybe they just keep it and they find somebody. Or maybe they use it in a trade like they did last season when they got Dennis Schroeder. So a lot to talk about there and a lot of things coming up. I am checking out all of your messages coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Periscope. If you guys are joining me, welcome in. And of course, to our podcast listeners who are listening to this, well, probably tomorrow, Appreciate you guys listening as well. Make sure if you're over on Apple Podcasts, make sure you do rate, review, and subscribe to the show. All right, let me dive into some of your questions and comments. We've got a lot of a lot of stuff flying in already. Okay, so let me let me address this first. Mike Perez from Facebook. I think it's important that I get into this. Drives me a little bit crazy. Not Mike Perez, but this this idea that is out here. So let me hit you guys with this. Mike Perez from Facebook says, "Will they trade?" For Westbrook and Mike, I don't fault you at all. Okay, just just know that I'm not faulting you here. There are accounts out there that will throw stuff out that makes no sense just to try to get views or likes or whatever. In fact, this one I believe came from an Instagram account. This idea that the Lakers would trade for Russell Westbrook. Um, look, there's a lot of guys that are going to get linked to the Lakers. I did a video earlier today about the Lakers potentially trading for Miles Turner, but guess what? There was sourced information about the Lakers trading for Miles Turner last offseason. And again, at the trade deadline, this is a guy they've been connected to for a while, right? And so their name naturally pops up again when discussing Indianapolis trade rumors. And it actually came from a guy who covers the team and knows them. It wasn't just from out of nowhere, Right. So when you see these posts out there on social media, and this is the time of year as we head into free agency and all that, where stuff gets a little crazy in terms of the amount of information that's out there. But when you see stuff that just says, sources say, and it's clearly not an account that would have sources, you gotta you got to question that a little bit. Now, if they said, hey, Shams Tarania says, Mark Stein says, Adrian Wojnarowski says, right, any of the, the big news breakers, Chris Haynes, any of those guys are reporting this and you can actually backtrack and you can find out that it's legitimate, then great. But you go look at Russell Westbrook's contract and you know that would be almost impossible for the Lakers to get there. 
for the Lakers to make a workable trade happen. Just based on NBA rules, I'm not even talking about whether there's enough value coming or going or any of that. Just getting there on a workable deal is extremely difficult. So take that with a grain of salt and know that that is going to be very, very unlikely to happen. Now, if it was Adrian Wojnarowski comes out and says, hey, Russell Westbrook to the Lakers could happen and here's the cap maneuvers they could do to get there. Okay. Right, then we can talk about it as something that, that could possibly happen. Or you look at, say, Miles Turner, you say $18 million. They can get to that. They can get to that number. But Westbrook's number is just so high. So high. I mean, you package up KCP, you package up Kuzma, that gets you to 26. And then where yet? And then what do you do? Right? Have to do a sign and trade for Dennis Schroeder. Maybe you're getting there, but is that something Washington even wants? Is that possible? It gets pretty iffy. And if you don't have a source behind that, yeah, those kind of rumors, you just got to be careful and kind of backtrack them a little bit. Again, never say never. In the NBA, weird things happen. Uh, but I would I would definitely say that's pretty unlikely to happen there. Uh, I've got, oh, Johnny B from YouTube. Trade Kuzma for Terry Rozier. I don't recall, as I recall... What off the top of my head, Terry Rozier was making right around twenty million. I don't have his exact number. I bet my buddy Keith Smith would know. By the way, quick shameless plug here: tomorrow Keith is going to join me, and we're going to break down the Lakers salary cap situation moving forward. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to put that on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. So be on the lookout for that one. But Terry Rozier for Kyle Kuzma, I don't see the Hornets doing that value wise. Rozier was very very good this season, but maybe there's something workable there. Maybe there's something there, and I know that. A lot of Celtics fans are not big fans of Terry Rogier personality-wise. There were some questions there. So maybe something to consider, but he did shoot the ball extremely well. And if you're losing Dennis Schroeder, you could probably do worse than Terry Rogier. Uh Augustine Mazzetti from YouTube. How realistic is it to bring in a superstar or star? I would say not very likely. If the Lakers had a top draft pick, okay, then we can talk. But I just don't see the the assets necessary to go get a star. Now, that doesn't mean they're not going to make moves. That doesn't mean that they're not going to land somebody. Rob Palenka has shown, right, over the, the time we've seen with him, he gets things done. He gets things done. I think there's going to be moves out there. It's not going to be a move to go land. You're not going to go get Kawhi. Kawhi's going to be a free agent, or at least he can be. Maybe he leaves the Clippers. Wouldn't that be hilarious? He could leave the Clippers. But you're not going to go get that guy. You're not going to go get a max guy. You're not going to go trade for Bradley Beal. You're not going to trade for Damian Lillard. Sorry, I know I just killed like half your questions. You're not going to trade for Damian Lillard. Um, You can't get there. Value-wise, you can't get there. So that's going to be a challenge for Rob Palenka. But could you get there on some other players? Right? Are there some other names out there that maybe you could? Like I mentioned earlier, a Miles Turner. And I'm not saying it has to be him, but someone more along those lines in terms of value. So not a superstar, maybe a borderline all-star. Maybe you can get there with the right pieces in and you're included in that number 22 pick. Maybe. And I, I know this, Rob Palenka, he will leave no stone unturned. He will do everything in his power to figure it out. And it wouldn't surprise me if the top of his list is, let's go find a third guy. And again, that third guy might just be a borderline all-star, not a star. But 
dealing with the injuries the Lakers dealt with this season, the thought just bouncing around in Rob Pelinka's head has got to be, we need somebody else. We need another guy. So if LeBron is hurting, if Anthony Davis is hurting, the wheels don't fall off. We've got somebody else we can turn to. We thought maybe that would be Dennis Schroeder, and he did an admirable job trying. But let's face it, without LeBron and without Anthony Davis, the Lakers fell to being the worst offense in the NBA. That's with Dennis Schroeder running the show. That's not going to cut it, right? Certainly not going to cut it with the Lakers. So do you go try to find somebody else who can who can keep the ship afloat? Should bad things happen? I think it would make a lot of sense for the Lakers to go find somebody like that. I'm seeing a lot of people commenting, Lonzo, can we speak this into existence to steal a phrase from LeVar Ball? Dennis Schroeder, Lonzo Ball, double sign and trade, let's go. Let's get this thing done. Let's figure out a way to make this. I'm going to speak it into existence somehow. We're going to try to make this happen. Uh, I'd be very happy with that. I'd be thrilled. Not that, Lonzo's not the guy that's going to carry your team. He's not. That's not the, that move. But if you could find some way to make that work, I think that would be a better fit for the Lakers. And he's been shooting that three really, really well. Of course, we all know as soon as he puts on the purple and gold, his three-point percentage is going to go back down because that's the way things happen for whatever reason. But Lonzo Ball, yes, 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 yes. Let's bring him back. I would love it. Would like to see that. I always liked Lonzo. Um, I thought he was a good fit alongside LeBron James. I like the way the the unselfish nature of his game. And now that he's hitting the hitting the deep ball, I think he'd be a nice fit. Of course, it takes two to tango, and the Pelicans are not fans of the Lakers at all. And they will probably go out of their way to not help the Lakers because of the way things went with the Anthony Davis negotiations. And on top of that. Uh, the Pelicans, they don't need another point guard. So a, sh- a sign and trade, getting them Schroeder, you'd almost have to loop in a third team that would take Schroeder and then assets would go to the Pelicans. A, a double sign and trade by itself is incredibly complicated. I think it's happened once. So again, not very likely, but I, I would I would be for it. Zach Briggs from YouTube, the Super Chat, appreciated Zach, said, get Zach Levine, makes less than 20 million and shoots the three well. Agree, that's another one. That, look, if you can get Zach Levine, and I don't think the Lakers have enough. I'll say that right now. I don't think the Lakers have enough to get Zach Levine. If, this is an if, Zach Levine, whose contract expires after next season, goes to the Bulls and says, number one, I'm not resigning. So if you want to trade me, if you want value, go ahead, trade me. And number two, I would prefer to go to the Lakers. He has to do those two things in order for him to maybe get in the Lakers price range. He has to tell the Bulls, I'm not going to resign with you guys. I'm not taking your offer on an extension, and I prefer to go to the Lakers. Again, a bit of a stretch, maybe. But hey, Anthony Davis did it, right? So never know. Uh, But could the Lakers really get there in terms of value? Probably not. I mean, what are the Lakers' best assets? Kyle Kuzma, the 22nd pick, a re-signed THT, maybe. I mean, that's that's probably the best you got. Contavious Caldwell-Pope? Yeah, there's not a lot to entice a team to give up a young player like Zach Levine, but he would be a great fit. And how exciting would Zach Levine on the break be with LeBron James throwing up those lobs, then Levine just leaping into the stratosphere and throwing the ball down. I'm for it. I'm for it. In fact, I might even be more for that than the Lonzo double sign and trade. Yeah, I I would be here for that, but I don't think the Lakers have enough pieces to get that done. 
But let's be optimistic. Maybe it'll happen. Oh, Colin McCarthy from YouTube with a super chat says, get CJ McCollum for KCP, Kuzma, Gasol, and the pick. Um, I mean, if you if if the Blazers would accept that, I would say yes. Right? I mean, you would kind of have to. Right? I mean, CJ McCollum is that guy where if LeBron goes down, CJ could handle the basketball. If you don't have enough scoring, CJ can score in a pinch. Yeah. I'm here for that. That would be a nice deal. Now, you have the same problem, though. The Pelicans don't like the Lakers. They're not going to want to trade with them. The Blazers see the Lakers as their mortal enemy. They do. The Phoenix Suns see the Lakers as their mortal enemy. That's why Suns fans were so fired up, right? Because not only were they in the playoffs, but they were playing the Lakers. who They hate the passion. Lakers fans, we don't, we don't care about the Suns. We don't care about the Blazers. Right? There's no rivalry there, but they think it's a major rivalry. So the Blazers trading with the Lakers, eh, kind of iffy. And if you're the Blazers and you get that package, is that does that give them what they need? Does that suddenly make it like all the pieces on the floor fit to go alongside with Damian Lillard? Probably not. Probably not. But from the Lakers' perspective, yeah, I, I think you I think you go ahead and do that. Somebody else mentioned get Kemba. KG TVYT said, get Kemba Walker. Uh, the Celtics, I don't know what it is with Boston. I'll have to ask Keith. Something about them and small point guards just does not go hand in hand. You had the, you've got the situation now with Kemba. You had Isaiah Thomas. You had Kyrie Irving. What is going on? The Boston Celtics and their point guards. Just burning through them. But if Kemba was out there, I don't know. He did not have a very good season this year. Didn't look like the same guy. I'd be concerned about that. I think you can make a real argument that you're better off keeping Dennis Schroeder than going and getting Kemba. Now, if Schroeder is not happy and wants to leave and you can work something, okay. All right, then maybe you look at that. But I don't know that Kemba is the smash home run that you need. Uh, Tebvin from YouTube said, AD is now Mr. Glass, not soft, just breakable. So I'm going to have a physical therapist come on with me on Saturday, I believe, to talk a little bit more about the Anthony Davis situation and what's going on with him and why he's seen as so injury prone. You know, Ron mentioned this the other night. Ron Gutterman mentioned that AD's played in 81% of his games over the course of his career, which is more than most people would think. But we see him as injury prone because he got hurt early in his career. Then he had a bunch of seasons where he didn't last season with the Lakers. Pretty solid. Um, this season, he got hurt again, and so it kind of reignites that narrative that, oh, he's injury-prone. Rep- injury and it also doesn't help that he crashes to the floor and makes us gasp and hold our breath every game, like multiple times, every single game. In fact, that might be the deadliest Lakers drinking game ever if it's take a shot every single time Anthony Davis hits the floor. Most people don't make it to the fourth quarter, and that's scary. So I think all of that combines to create this narrative that AD is injury prone. Now, AD himself has said he didn't get the offseason he normally gets. He said that normally he takes a full month after the season ends, nothing. Just heal. That's it. Heal, recover. A full month. Within a month of last season ending, the Lakers were getting ready to go back to training camp. Right. So there's that. Right. There's 
That's it. That's all his time taken up there. After that month off in a normal season, which by the way, they're getting a normal or a closer to normal off season this year because the NBA calendar is going back to the regular schedule starting in mid-October. But normally he would take a month off and then do six weeks, weeks of weights. So you're talking about a month off plus a month and a half of weight training to strengthen his body before he gets back into basketball. So you think about the the pressure on his joints, running up and down the floor every day, cutting, stopping, the lateral quickness, all of that stuff. His body gets a break from that for two and a half months because he does nothing for a month and then he does weight training for six weeks so that when he does get back onto the floor, he's built up his muscle, he's built up his frame so his body can handle that. He didn't get to do that this year. So I think there's something to that. There's something to that. Suddenly he's facing, he's dealing with all these injuries. Yes, you've got the quick turnaround, you've got the compressed schedule, and then he didn't really get to properly prepare for the season. So before we start saying he's injury injury prone and saying, oh, he's glass, trade him, get rid of him. I've seen a lot of that. People saying trade Anthony Davis. Let's see what he looks like with a regular offseason under his belt. Does he go back to being the guy we saw last season who looked like the MVP in the NBA playoffs? Didn't he? I mean, that's the reality. Anthony Davis, if he's healthy, is a legitimate MVP candidate. Like if we saw playoff Anthony Davis all of this season, he's probably winning the MVP award, right? That's how good he is. And if you're the Lakers, you have to factor in the offseason, and what happened. And the fact that he didn't get to do anything he would normally do to prevent injury. Is that the culprit here? Was it the short offseason? Or is it just Anthony Davis's injury, injury prone? He's damaged goods, Mr. Glass, whatever you want to call him. Street clothes, according to Charles Barkley. I think right now you have to assume it's the latter until next season he proves that it's the former. That's where I'm at on him. Not ready to make that leap and say, oh, he's just always going to be hurt. Benjamin, react, review what Gilbert Arena said about the Lakers series uh, uh, with the Suns. Super interesting. Said lineup should have been uh, Braun, Kuz, AD, Trez, Drum. Yes, Benjamin. Thank you for bringing this up. I love this topic. I watched it and I thought he brought up some interesting points. And he brought it from a player's perspective, which is always great. Always good to hear. Um, but Benjamin of the super chat, he said the lineup should have been Braun, Kuzma, AD, Trez, and Drummond. Um, that's first of all, I don't I don't recall him saying that should have been the line. That's a massive lineup, and I don't think that lineup is gonna chase guards around. But and it could be I'm just forgetting I watched it a few days ago, so I could be forgetting the part where he mentioned that. I the part that stood out to me was him saying that Taylor Horton Tucker needed to play 30 minutes a night. And the reason for that was because of the Lakers' offense. And so here was was Gilbert Arenas, his thinking, with how the Lakers series played out with the Suns. He said, and this is a little bit alarming, okay? He said, yeah, the Lakers' defense is good, but what does Devin Booker have to do on defense? Nothing. Why? Because on defense, he's defending Alex Caruso. Arena said, if it's me and I'm on the court and I'm defending Alex Caruso, I know I can rest because he's going to stay in the corner. He's going to stay in the corner and I can kick back. You're not making these guys work on the other end. That's the problem. You've got these shooters. You're playing against 
Devin, just keep going with Devin Booker. You're playing against him. And in the fourth quarter, he's not tired because he hasn't had to defend anybody. If you can put him up against somebody that is going to cut, that's going to make him read, going to make him react, going to make him work on the defensive end of the floor, those legs start getting heavy. Those shots start coming up a little bit short at the end of the game. But the Lakers didn't make them do that because they weren't attacking enough on the offensive end. It was a lot of standing around, watching LeBron, and hoping that he was going to create everything. And I think that's a fair criticism, right? It's part of the reason why we've been saying, if Jason Kidd leaves, offense first, assistant coach, come on down. Bring somebody that can run on offense and create some more off-ball movement so that a defense can't just lock in on LeBron and it's all on his shoulders to create everything. And again, I think that's fair. I think you've got some benefits of that, particularly when you look at the way the NBA is going right now in terms of spacing everybody out. Well, the Lakers can't space out a defense with their shooting. And we're going to talk about guys they can target in the offseason, but the Lakers right now can't space anybody out with their shooting. So you've got to do it with movement. You've got to do it with motion. If you're just standing still, you're allowing the defense to stay collapsed into the paint. You're not having any cutters go through. I thought there was a very stagnant sense to the Lakers offense, and that's a problem. <laughs> Levinsky Washington from YouTube said, is Luol Deng still lingering on the cap? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed he is. That $5 million is still sitting there. One more season. One more season of Luol Deng's $5 million sitting on the cap. And then it will finally be gone. Let's see. What else are you guys throwing at me? Somebody said Terrence Rost. Uh, somebody said we lost to a JV team. No, the Suns are actually really good. You see what they're doing right now to Denver. Mike Malone had some comments about his team, about kind of them, you know, giving up because Phoenix was really good. And for, from the Lakers perspective, Phoenix was frustrating because the Lakers were getting open shots and missing them. And Phoenix was getting contested looks. The Lakers defense was really trying and hitting them. And so that's doubly defeating when, when Devin Booker is hitting shots, fading away over the outstretched arm of a defender. And then the Suns are giving you open shots and you can't make those. Goat stature from YouTube. I love it. Do a live stream right as hopefully the Clippers lose. So us Lakers fans can laugh about it on a live stream. That is just coincidence. We are doing live streams Monday and Thursday evenings, 9 o'clock Pacific time during the offseason. And we will add some more as time goes on. But uh, And as uh, what's happening in the NBA dictates. But I am keeping an eye right now on the uh, the Clippers game as well. I just flipped back over to it. I'm watching Rudy Gobert steal a pass that was meant for uh, Kawhi Leonard. Oh, it's only a four-point Utah lead right now. They were up by more. So that's disappointing. Definitely, I'm on the side of wanting to see the Jazz win. Not that I'm a Jazz fan, but lesser of two evils, everybody. Uh, Medwin Ortez said, Gary Trent. Yeah, Gary Trent Jr., shooter, defender. Yeah, I think he's going to be in high demand. I think a lot of teams are going to be looking for shooters who can defend. Yeah, but I like it. If you can get them, great. Somebody's saying I'm delayed. Yeah, I probably am because I'm streaming it onto my laptop. So I've got now Utah up to Clippers scored again. Uh, Ricky Meza, what's the point of getting shooters if Vogel won't play them unless they play defense? Well, that's really the key. You can't have just shooters out there on the floor. You're going to get torn to shreds on the other end. You have to have guys who can defend 
to some degree, right? It can't be as extreme as like Ben McLemore. And I don't even know. Ben McLemore might be back. But defensively, he was a mess. Um, So that's a problem in the playoffs. Those kind of guys are going to get targeted and torn to shreds game after game. So if you're the Lakers, you've got to try to find guys who can defend and shoot. But once again, every single team in the NBA is looking for that combination. Guys who can shoot, who can defend, who can attack off the bounce a little bit. They're rare, not easy to find, and they are expensive. So it's not going to be easy to fix the shooting problem. It's a little weird, though, because you think about the back to the beginning of the season. The Lakers didn't have a shooting problem. In fact, they were one of the best shooting teams in the NBA. At one point, they were the number three team in terms of three-point shooting. And then it fell very quickly and very fast. Uh, Jude Rodriguez from YouTube said, what about Doug McDermott, Trevor? Sure. Absolutely. I'd go for that. Oh, somebody says the Jazz are being robbed. Clippers getting all the calls. Incredible. So I'm not watching the game quickly enough or closely enough to see the calls. But that's not a new thing. If you saw last game, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, I put it out there on Twitter. I'm trying to remember the exact plays. There was a play where a ball went out of bounds off the Clippers very clearly. I think it was off Kawhi. And they gave it back to the Clippers. Um, And there was something else. Two plays in a row where the referees essentially just gave the Clippers five points. Like just gave them to them. Gave them the possession back, which led to a bucket. And then gave them a foul for nothing or something like that. Uh, And just gave them, just flat out gave them five points. Like the, like the ref just went over to the scorer's table and said, hey, put add five points onto this team's total. I mean, just making the blatantly wrong call. And it's a difficult job to be an official. It's not easy. But you got to get the easy ones right. And we saw some very easy ones that went the way of the Clippers, which is interesting, right? No conspiracy theories here or anything like that, but maybe you don't want to see the LA market get eliminated. Uh, it was just, it was odd. That's for sure. It was odd with the way that was going on. Uh, what will Miles Turner do for you? Well, look, that's the argument, right? Somebody's asking, oh, Dre Johnson asking, can LeBron redo his deal to free up cap space? No, it's not like the NFL. Can't restructure contracts. There's just simply no way to do it. As for Miles Turner, Uh, the argument for bringing him in is you just say, look, he's a good player, right? He can stretch the floor a little bit as a big. He can also, uh, he can also be a force at the rim. Led the league, the entire NBA, led the league in shots blocked per game, 3.4. Rudy Gobert was at 2.7. So I'm not saying he didn't lead the league by just a little bit. He led the league by a lot in block shots per game. Yeah, really impressive. So you look at that and you think, my God, Miles Turner and Anthony Davis together on the floor? That's a block party. That's a block party. Who is scoring at the rim on that combo? Right? But then you look at the way the NBA is going. Will he be played off the floor in the playoffs uh, where you don't run as many centers? That's a question. Do you want to allocate that many resources to the center position that you would need to in order to trade and get Miles Turner? That's another question. I don't know. Ideally, no. Ideally, you probably want to spend as little as possible on the center position and you want to allocate your resources towards wings and guards. But will those be out there and available? That's that's another issue. 
Julian Harris, is the problem the team or the injuries? Well, I believe the Lakers are looking at at things as though it's the injuries that were the problem. Uh, the Jazz just got it on my end anyway. The Jazz just got a nice dunk for Rudy Gobert. Um, the Lakers are approaching this offseason as though it was the injuries. I mean, if you look at it, almost every Laker almost said run it back. Said we never got to find out how good this team really is because of injuries. And Rob Polinka alluded to the same thing. He said that they there were external factors that prevented them from winning a championship. And he felt this was a championship caliber team. Montrose Harrell did not say run it back. Maybe not surprising. And that's somebody that we should talk about. But if you're the Lakers, you're looking at things and you're saying, it wasn't necessarily that we weren't good enough. It's that these injuries happened. And I think they have an argument. They were the best defense in the NBA and they were missing so many guys. Frank Vogel rarely had, rarely had uh, enough players out there to have any kind of consistency and any type of consistent rotation. So you've got an argument there. But I do think they have to be careful that they don't just run it back with everybody. I think we also saw flaws in the form of shooting. So there's changes that have to be made. And I think if we're when we're watching the playoffs this year and we see the caliber of shooting and the tough shot making from a number of these teams, the Lakers didn't quite have that. So there's moves that need to be made, but I don't know if this is a burn it all down, blow the whole thing up scenario. Oh, Kawhi just dunked. Not great to see that. Uh, let's see. I'm taking some more questions and comments here. Somebody said JaVale McGee, bring back JaVale. I like JaVale McGee. I look, he's not making a major impact in the playoffs or anything like that right now, um, for Denver. But if you decided to bring him back, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be opposed to that if there was a way to get him. Now the Lakers didn't lean on him much in the playoffs last year. Oh no. Reggie Jackson hits a three. Why is it that Reggie Jackson, for some reason, can now hit all of these three-point shots? Uh, Benjamin from YouTube said, Hi, Trevor. What's your long-term career goal? Do you want to be a coach again one day? Be on TV? Oh, the Clippers took the lead. That's disappointing. Um, My long-term goals, do I want to be a coach again? Do I want to do any of that kind of stuff? You know, coaching, I, I, I coached it like the youth levels. I, it's not like I went, it's not like I was coaching college ball or, or something like that. Um, as far as being on TV. Yeah. I mean, I would love to go be on, on spectrum at some point and do some things like that. But as long as I'm covering the Lakers and getting to do this, I consider myself fortunate and we continue to grow Lakers nation. We continue to build this um, and take it to new places. I'm pretty happy doing what I'm doing here and, and feeling like I'm part of something that is, that is moving in a very, very positive direction and definitely feel like I'm part of, um, of that push. So I like where I'm at right now. Eventually, maybe sure. TV. Why not? I, I'd love to do that. I'd also love to do like a radio show. Things like that would be, would be a blast. But um, right now I'm focusing on building up Lakers nation as, as much as I possibly can. Shane Witherspoon, I bet you're better than Vogel. I promise you I'm not. I promise you I'm not better than, than Frank Vogel. Uh, he is he's a very, very good and seasoned NBA coach. There's no question there. Okay? I know people got frustrated with his rotations, but I think that was more having to do with injury than anything else. Um, 
And I think he showed a lot last year in the playoffs. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Dre Johnson from YouTube. What do you think about bringing in Lou Will? <laughs> Somebody said, bring Matt the Optimist Peralta with you. I know I do need to bring Matt with me. Um, bringing in Lou Williams, again, no defense, but he could be that instant spark offense off the bench. I mean, that's kind of what we were hoping for with Dion Waiters last season. Remember that? Dion Waiters coming in, we said maybe he can be that instant offense guy and that the Lakers needed it. I think they kind of filled that role with Schroeder this year, but I don't know. We'll see if Schroeder sticks around. Benjamin uh, says, speaking of Vogel, the first time I saw you, I thought you were him. I know other people see it too. This is, so when I first started doing this show, people said I looked like Luke Walton. Now suddenly I look like Frank Vogel. I don't know which one I actually look like, but whatever. I'm good with that. Uh, Garrett Mason said, is Montrez Harrell leaving the Lakers? Yeah, so let's talk about Montrez. Um, again, Trez was the one guy who didn't say run it back. And we know why. We know why, right? I mean, he's this is two years in a row now. How frustrated must he, must he be? Two years in a row, he gets to the, gets to the playoffs, and he kind of gets pushed to the side, right? Kind of gets, gets told, oh, okay, you're not going to be part of the rotation now. And that's got to be frustrating, especially when Trez spent March putting up 20 and eight for the team and kind of putting them on the, on their, on his back and carrying them. And, oh, somebody called me chubby Mike Trudell. It's my face, man. It carries all of my, my weight in my face. I am trying to lose weight. I'm, I'm exercising every single day. I'm getting there, but I'm also lifting a lot right now. So anyway, um, Trez is in a very, very interesting spot where he now has two playoffs on his resume that did not go well. Two situations where he could have really shown something and earned some money in free agency. And instead teams are going to be saying, well, you can't be played in the playoffs because you can't defend true fives and you can't space the floor. And so, <laughs> and so um, that's going to be an issue for a lot of teams. I don't know what kind of money he gets in the offseason, but I would imagine if he gets the opportunity to go somewhere else, he probably will because he didn't seem happy at the end of the season there. <laughs> Somebody say, you look good, Trev. I'm kidding, guys. It's because I actually am trying to work on, on losing weight right now. That is something that I'm, that I'm working on. I don't consider myself overweight or anything like that, but, uh, but the whole COVID thing definitely hit me. I wasn't out. I wasn't coaching soccer at the time, so I wasn't out running all of the time. And so it's something that I'm actively working on right now. So that's why I like responded to that because I would like to trim down at least a little bit here. I'm heavier than I usually am. All right. Oh, somebody said Edwin Villanueva said, maybe it's time to use Trez at the four. That was an experiment that I think the Lakers should have tried out more early in the season, because here's what happened with that late in the season, late in the season, they couldn't really do it. Because he didn't have experience guarding fours. That was the problem. If you put Marcus Saul and Montrezl Harrell on the floor together, in theory, it works on offense because Marcus Saul is going to space the floor and Trez can occupy that, pace, that uh, space in the low po post. But defensively, Mark can't defend fours and Trez has spent most of his career defending fives. And defending fours and defending fives is 
a very different thing. And you can only do it against certain teams. You're not going to have them go chase some of the quicker fours out there. But ultimately, maybe that's something that could work. Maybe you could do that. But again, Trez has to have that experience defending force and able to, to do it. And late in the season, the Lakers just didn't feel like they could trust it because they didn't they hadn't had that many reps with him doing that. So that's why. On, on, if you squint, you could see why you would think that would work. But I also understand why Frank Vogel didn't go to that. Duncan Robinson for Dennis Schroeder double sign and trade. Oh, man, I like it. I like I like Duncan Robinson a lot. The kind of guy that can shoot like that. My goodness. Lakers could definitely use something like that. That's for sure. That's for sure. I've got uh, Utah up three here. I'm at five minutes and 45 seconds left on uh, on my clock. But again, I'm streaming here to my to my computer, to my laptop. So um, I'm probably behind a lot of you guys. Somebody said, you make too many excuses for Vogel. Well, I would rather err on the side of, of giving the coach the benefit of the doubt, especially when he just won an NBA championship the season before, and given all the, the realities of the situation of COVID, of the massive uh, amount of injuries that he's faced. That's a tough spot for a coach to be in, and it's really tough to build any kind of consistency there. So I would rather than be the guy to be shouting from the mountaintops, this is all Vogel's fault, fire him, get rid of this guy. I would rather give him the benefit of the doubt and believe that the coaching that we saw in the playoffs last year, which was very good, is more who he is when he's got a full lineup rather than knee-jerk, just kick him to the curb, he's done. And again, that's that's why I'm not ready to start saying, oh, Anthony Davis is just injury-prone, he'll never be healthy, because it was an abnormal season. And maybe that's making an excuse, but that's that's just my take on it, where I would rather find out for sure whether it was the external factors from the season, from COVID, from injuries and everything else, or if it was just Frank Vogel's not getting it done now and Anthony Davis is injury, injury prone. That's what we're going to find out next season. Hopefully we'll find out, assuming we don't have another season filled with injuries. Um, let's see. Somebody said, will you please fix your hair? It's very distracting. What happened to my hair? I ran my fingers through it. All right. Rest will do wonders for the Lakers. Yes, indeed. Uh, ZSPN said, Hey, Trevor, Derek Rose to the Lakers. Will it finally happen? It feels like we've been circling around Derek Rose coming to the Lakers for years now. Hasn't haven't we? Um, the Lakers have been looking for that off the bench score for a while now. And again, we thought we kind of had that guy in Dennis Schroeder, but the Lakers have been, uh, having some issues with Dennis Schroeder. Maybe he doesn't come back. That's certainly possible. So if Schroeder doesn't come back next year, and you then, let's say you replace him with somebody. Maybe it's Lonzo, who isn't the scoring punch that you need. Wouldn't it be great to have a Derrick Rose to come off the bench? I will say Rose seems very committed to Tom Thibodeau and being in New York. So I'd be surprised if he left. But I'd also be really happy if he came to the Lakers. I think he's been a nice fit for the Lakers for a while now. And if you can get that guy to be your guard coming off the bench that can put the ball in the basket. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good move. Again, 
Something that's unlikely, but it could happen. Uh, Benjamin said, going back to the Gilbert interview, shouldn't it have been Dennis's job to put pressure on the two Suns guards? Uh, to a degree, but like if Schroeder and, Cus- and uh, Caruso are on the floor, you just hide whichever guard you want to keep out of foul trouble on Caruso, don't you? Caruso's a good off-ball cutter, but he's not going to push fouls onto those guys. He's not going to make them really work. And so that's that's part of the challenge. And again, this isn't anti-Alex Caruso. I, I like Alex Caruso. I like what he brings. I've called him the most important free agent for the Lakers this season. I think he is. I think he makes winning plays. But I think that's one drawback, is he's not going to be in attack mode at all times on the offensive end. That's simply not his game. A guy like THT might make a lot of mistakes, but he's also going to barrel through you getting to the basket on offense and make you really work. Jazz for three. Money. All right, we've got a seven-point Utah lead now. About four minutes to go. More people asking about what's the trade for Damian Lillard. Don't think that's going to happen. Uh, all right, people saying chip out Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. I've said this before, and I said it right after the season ended too. This is, don't take what I'm about to say as negative in regards to Kyle Kuzma. I think we have seen the last of Kyle Kuzma in a Lakers jersey. And there's nothing behind that that's not sourced. That's more me looking at the salary figures and where he's at. That $13 million contract, I believe the Lakers are going to want to make a big move. They're going to want to try to go after somebody, and they're almost going to have to include that $13 million contract of Kyle Kuzma. See, he is now much easier to trade this next season once the calendar year flips over, or once the NBA's calendar flips over, than he was last season at $3.5 million. So that's my reasoning for him potentially going out. The challenge, though, is the Lakers don't really have anybody to replace him in terms of being that wing player, that big wing that can guard threes and fours. They don't have any other guys like that. So that's going to be critical for the Lakers, is figuring out a way to replace that. But I do think salary-wise, his contract is now a really nice fit in a big trade. Utah Jazz for three. Joe Ingles jingles all the way. 113-103 Jazz with three minutes to play, and Ty Lue is clapping. Warms my heart. Like that. Like seeing that. Uh, ZSPN said, Hey Trevor, Buddy healed to the Lakers. Is that a possible trade scenario? I don't think so. Um, I mean, logistically, yes. In terms of making the math work. Yeah, you can do it, but it's also a pretty big long-term commitment in terms of contract wise, trying to get him. Uh, if you look at the Lakers salary figures, they are, and this is crazy after next season, and this might change based on what they do this off season, but after next season, they're in a position where they could have just LeBron and AD on the books. KCP has a non-guaranteed or a partially non-guaranteed third year on his deal. Kyle Kuzma, his contract is very easily tradable. It would not take a lot for them to clear the books except for LeBron and AD. I'm just saying, I'm not saying they're going to go get a third star that, that offseason or whatever, but I'm saying they've set themselves up to have some money then. You know, they're in a position where they could do that. Interesting to watch. And LeBron has already been in whose ear? Oh, Steph Curry. Already been in his ear. And he'll be a free agent that offseason. Again, most likely, 
Curry resigns with the Warriors. The Lakers add some contracts this year that go past that time anyway. Most likely, that's not what plays out. But I'm just saying, at this moment, they've got the potential to clear the books and open up some space. Not this offseason, but the next one. Anthony said from YouTube, said they should go after DeRozan. So DeMar DeRozan shot 25% from three last season. That's the problem. That right there is, the, if, if DeMar DeRozan shot even 35%, just league average from three, do it. But if DeMar DeRozan shot 35% from three, then he's a very different player that is getting way more money. And uh, I mean, maybe he's a max guy. Look, he runs the pick and roll about as well as anybody right now, certainly as well as Dennis Schroeder does. Nice defensive play there from Utah uh, to tie up Kawhi Leonard. But look, DeRozan, if you lose Dennis Schroeder, I could see a scenario where if DeMar DeRozan is willing to come for the veteran minimum, I'm not, not the veteran minimum, the mid-level exception, right? Mid-level exception, let's say it's the taxpayer mid-level, a little over $5 million. That's a big cut for him. He's probably going to get more off, better offers elsewhere. But again, go home to LA, maybe contend for a championship. And here's how you would approach it. Any time that LeBron is not off the, on the floor, DeMar DeRozan is, and the ball runs through him. That would have to be the rule that you'd have going forward. So you're talking about 16 to 18 minutes a night, probably, of DeMar DeRozan running the show. And then from there, you'd have to combine him some minutes with LeBron and figure out a way to make that work. And that's tricky. I'm not saying that's an easy fix. I'm not saying it's, oh, there it is. Done deal. That's the solution. I'm saying that's kind of what you would have to do. And it wouldn't be easy to do. It'd be a very awkward fit to try to. It's like trying to make Trez fit this season, where at times it was good, but then when it came down to it, it was playoff time. They couldn't really go to him. There's the potential for that to blow up in their face too, in a similar way. But I do like DeMar DeRozan a lot. I think he gets maligned for not being able to shoot the three. He doesn't fit in the modern game because of that. But he's also a very talented player that scored, what, 20 and and seven assists this last season. He's good. And so it could be worth it to try to make it fit, but it's not an ideal situation. I'm just, just a little score update here. I still have jazz by 10 on my end. Oh, but they, uh, the Clippers just got a steal and are going in, in transition and Paul George. Oh, putting up bricks. Paul George putting up bricks there. So somebody mentioned, what do they do with Marcus Saul? That's another question. Marcus Saul said that he knows he's not the Lakers' top priority in the offseason. They've got other things they have to do, which again, Mark is a very self-aware individual. He knows Utah for three. Oh, air ball. Uh, he knows that the Lakers have other things to figure out first. I think the first hurdle for with Marcus Saul is is he playing next season? Period. Or is he going to retire? There was some talk about that. Like, why did Marcus Gasol so badly push for a two-year deal last offseason? I hope everybody's aware of this. The Lakers could have kept JaVale McGee had Marcus Gasol not wanted a second year. They would have been able to keep him. They didn't have to do that trade. Okay, Marcus Gasol wanted a two-year deal, though. And because of that, in order to give him a two-year deal, they couldn't sign him as just a veteran minimum and have him not count against the, their cap like that. And so because of that situation, the Lakers had to trade JaVale in order to give Mark a two-year deal. But if you're Marcus Gasol, why do you need a two-year contract? 
if it's at the veteran minimum. Even if you played extremely poorly this past season, somebody's going to give you a veteran minimum contract. So why a two-year commitment? Some people speculated that it's because Gasol knew that this season was going to be his last, and that's way, that way he gets kind of a retirement gift. I don't know that that's, that's again, that's total speculation, and I don't know that that's where this is going. Oh, that was a questionable and one here for the Clippers, for Paul George. I love how the NBA now is throw yourself into the defender and you get a whistle. And I'm being sarcastic. So Mark Gasol, the biggest issue right now is figuring out is he going to play next year or is he retiring? And then from there, do you want to keep him around or could you use that salary in a trade package? I think it's something that's interesting to take a look at. Um, I don't think you can lean on him to be your, your starting five. I don't think you can at this point. I think he's more of a situational player. And we know this season he wasn't super happy about not being the starter. But again, again, right now, we got to find out first if he's going to play next season. All right, we've got Utah is up 113 to 108. Sorry, podcast listeners. I know this is not riveting because you already know the outcome of this game. Oh, there it is. Donovan Mitchell, 115-108. Utah, 40 seconds left. Let's get this thing done. Why attacking? Clippers burn clock and miss the three. That should do it. Utah Jazz up 2-0 on the Clippers. Very nice. Very nice. We'll take that. There's a little something. I know the Lakers aren't in the playoffs right now, but that gives us a little something to celebrate. The Utah Jazz are now up 2-0 on the Clippers. Again, lesser of two evils. In my mind, uh uh-oh, why is Donovan Mitchell down on the ground? Hopefully he's okay. Somebody said, what about Spencer Dinwiddie? Uh, Dinwiddie, I believe, has a player option for next season. Obviously coming off that ACL issue. The Lakers tried to trade for him at one point, tried to use Kyle Kuzma to trade for him. Hoping Donovan Mitchell is all right here. Uh, The Lakers did try to trade for him in a deal with Kyle Kuzma. Oh, Paul George ran into Donovan Mitchell and it looks like maybe knocked knees with him. Let's see this over again. Hard to tell exactly what happened there. But Spencer Dinwiddie would be a nice replacement for Dennis Schroeder if you can get him. I like him a lot. I like his ability to handle the point guard position. If he's your backup guard, you're in really, really good shape. But he could be a solid piece for the Lakers if you can bring him in. Uh, somebody, Sean Vendergrass from YouTube said, who do you believe will be targeting this off season? So I am going with, I think that this, the Kelly Oubre Jr. Rumor that's come out there makes some sense for the Lakers. Not a great shooter, but you need his size. You need his size. And so I kind of, I like that target. And I think that the shooting, you might be able to get to come around. He's not like, it's not like you get him, though, and you're celebrating, yes, another championship is coming or, or something like that. But having a big wing out there, I think, is going to matter for the Lakers. Uh, Clippers scored, but again, seven seconds left. That should wrap that up. Who are some of the shooters you're eyeing in free agency? So... There's a lot of guys out there right now in free agency. 
There's a lot of names, but not a lot of talent. If you look at the free agent crop this year, it is not very deep. Um, there's just not a lot out there. Duncan Robinson, obviously, would be great, but he's restricted, so he's probably staying in Miami. Derek Rose, he's not really a shooter. Um, that's another one you could look at. But in terms of real pure shooters, I mean, Wayne Ellington, like I wouldn't hate seeing Wayne Ellington come back, but is Wayne Ellington better than or better shooter than Ben McLemore? Maybe. I mean, we can argue, certainly. Maybe he is, but it's uh I don't know that it's a clear upgrade. So you look at what's out on the market, there's just not a lot right now. That's the other challenge. And so here's the good side of that. And I was talking to Keith Smith about this earlier today. The good side to there not being that many free agents out there this year is it means the trade market's going to be ridiculous this offseason. Because how many teams right now are thinking, okay, I want to change this, this, and this. I want to be able to add in this kind of piece. Well, guess what? They have to do it via trade now because there's not much out there on the market. So if you have to do it via trade, that means the trade market is going to be pretty ridiculous. I'm expecting to see a lot of moves via trade this offseason because the free agent market is uh, is very, very thin. Uh, Benjamin, people forget before LeBron got hurt, he had a 40-piece and was the MVP. That's a great point. I think I want to end things on that. And, of course, end things with the Clippers losing. But I was on a show earlier today. I was uh, I was guesting on a, on a podcast. and. The question was brought up, said, you know, did, is LeBron just packing it in at this point? Was he more focused on the movie than the Lakers season? Is that what was going on here? I said, no, the opposite. From the bulk of the season, we saw extremely motivated LeBron. In fact, we saw LeBron, who was the odds-on favorite to win the MVP, and rightfully so. He was playing the best basketball of anybody in the league at 36 years old. And then Solomon Hill came along and rolled up on his ankle, and that changed everything. And now we're left with this perception of LeBron in the playoffs, not getting back on defense, the bad body language, looking like he wasn't that interested when he realized that it was a lost cause when Anthony Davis went down. But we're forgetting how good he was before that, when he was healthy, when the team was healthy, when it looked like he was going to be for sure the MVP. And again, nothing against Nikola Jokic. If LeBron was healthy, he's winning MVP. If he stayed healthy and continued playing at that level, he was the MVP. And that injury hit. I think it's something we have to know. Right? That's how good he was playing. And so we're looking at LeBron and saying, oh, our most recent memory, recency bias here, is his body language was bad. Yeah, because he's frustrated. He just lost an MVP and potentially a championship because of injuries. Got to be frustrating. <laughs> so I think that's a good point to make there, Benjamin. All right, guys, there it is. The Utah Jazz officially win and are up 2-0 on the Clippers. Not going to celebrate just yet. Uh, the Clippers were down 2-0 in the last series as well and came back to win against the Dallas Mavericks, which was certainly unfortunate. But still, I'll take it. Clippers down 2-0, certainly better than them being up 2-0. All right, guys, appreciate all of you joining me tonight. Again, we will do this every Monday and Thursday. Most of the time, I'll have a guest with me tonight. Got to be just me and all of you solo show. These are kind of fun sometimes to throw in. So appreciate all of you guys joining me. Make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. And again, keep a lookout. I'm going to have that video out uh, probably sometime tomorrow with Keith Smith, where we go in depth and we break down the Lakers cap situation so we know exactly what the Lakers will have to spend 
in free agency. So be on the lookout for that one tomorrow. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.